Welcome to the Shift Happens podcast, where we explore the latest trends and insights in the digital workplace. From the role of AI in the workplace to the future of remote work, we cover it all. Tune in as we chat with industry leaders and experts. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started in the digital landscape, we've got you covered. Subscribe to Shift Happens wherever you listen to podcasts and stay ahead of the curve. Shift Happens Podcast. As more companies return to the office, there's something missing. People. That's because the rise of hybrid work options means that the colleagues we once saw at the water cooler or in the conference room might be virtual that day or maybe on a different schedule. Organizations are still fine-tuning the approach, but one thing's for certain, employees want hybrid options and collaboration tools to support them. I'm so happy to speak with Jared Spitero, Corporate Vice President for Microsoft 365 today on the show. Not only is Microsoft allowing its own employees to work remotely up to 50% of the time, they've released a ton of insightful research on the future of hybrid work and what employees need to stay happy and engaged. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Shift Happens Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Raymond Sai, modern workplace professional helping you navigate our new world of work. For today's episode, I'm so excited to be joined by Jared Spitaro, Corporate Vice President for Microsoft 365. Jared, welcome to the show. Dux, it's always good to be with you. Happy to be here. Boy, it's been, what, 15 months since the world shut down? Yeah, literally this this morning I was counting, like, how long has it been? And I think 15 months is about right, yeah. So are you settled in your home office now? Do you feel like wanting to go back to your old office in campus? I think we'll talk a bit about it. I do go back sometimes already. Um, so I'm back on campus a little bit, not very often. And for the most part at Microsoft, we're not yet back, not until the fall but I am back to do some recording and things like that. It's nice to see my teammates. I, I do think in-person time is valuable. You know, I don't think any of us doubt that at this point. Yes, I fully agree. As much as I love all the wonderful technologies we use, Microsoft Teams, Microsoft 365, still nothing beats what I would call serendipitous collision, right? Yeah, that's for sure. And I just do think that there's something about being in the same physical space and seeing each other and even if it's planned, you know, there, there's really something there. And policy-wise, we're actually signaling, you know, a 50-50 policy of, of kind of, we, we want people to be in the office 50% of the time. We're happy to have them have additional flexibility. But for that reason, I think there's some social cohesion that happens when you're together. Absolutely. So, so let's jump right into it. As we're hearing a lot about organizations thinking what the new world of work looks like. So there's a lot about this hybrid work that's coming. But for some people, it's the first time they're hearing or seeing this idea in action. Can you explain in your mind what a hybrid office looks like or what it means to you? And what are some of the essential elements? You bet. For, to do that, I think it's best to kind of look at pre-pandemic, pandemic, post-pandemic, you know, to look at three timeframes. Pre-pandemic, we certainly had people who were already working off-site. And depending on the company, that was more or less frequent. At Microsoft, as an example, we were pretty, you know, kind of physically centered in Redmond. You needed to be here to get things done. But we had already, you know, started to work our engineering teams into what we call the hub sites. But I certainly worked pre-Microsoft for companies that were mostly remote. For the most part, if you did have a strong physical connection someplace in an office, if you were remote, you were kind of the one looking in, if you will. The technology wasn't implemented super well. You know, you knew that you were going to be remote and that there was either a price to pay or some affordances you were going to have to create to create. 
create to make it all work. Then we moved into the lockdown 15 months ago. I mean, what happened there was just really incredible because the whole world moved entirely remote and people who never would have ever dreamed of being remote started to experience this idea of like, wow, this is what it feels like, you know? Now, the good thing is that I think we're all on the same level playing field. You know, for the most part, regardless of, of our choice of video conferencing service, we were a little box and we looked at other little boxes and there was a, a very level playing field for how to work. And we, we started to learn, you know, the data is pretty clear. We started to learn how to use the technology more and more effectively. Chat became a more integral part of a Teams meeting, as an example. We see that in the data in aggregate in really interesting and significant ways. Post-pandemic, I think we're moving into a very difficult world because what it means is we believe that people will have flexibility in how, when, and where they work. All three of those elements we think will really be important. So hybrid isn't just about the where, you know, you being around other people being the office. It is all three elements, how, when, and where you work. When you mix those up and you put them into a bag and shake them up for any particular company, even if only 10% of your folks are exercising one of those freedom on any particular day, wowzer. Like all of a sudden, the, you know, the complexity associated with your operating model has changed. That's the last thing I'll leave you with on that particular inquiry. We don't think that this is just about physical location. We think it's a brand new operating model. You're really going to have to rethink how you get things done. And I'm happy to talk more about that, but that's what the research really tells us. So speaking around that model, you alluded to this earlier, as Microsoft thinks about 50-50 or going back to this new or going to this new model. So what has this shift been like at Microsoft? Can you talk about uh, the company's journey over the past few months or even the last year, thinking about logistics, schedule, mental wellness, and and physical health? Uh, Who do you credit to leading the charge or or making that impact felt? Well, one of the things that I'll I'll note that we have found in the research, and over the last 15 months, we've tried really hard to be data-based in our understanding of the market and what's actually happening. So we've gone out and done a bunch of what we call work trends index studies, where we poll people. You know, our most recent one was 30,000 people across 31 countries. So we tried to get this nice cross-section managers, employees, and, and it really gives us a view. One of the things I'll land with you here up front in answering your question is the people who left the office back in, let's call it March of 2020, are not the same people who are coming back in the fall of 2021. And what I mean by that is not that your staff has changed out, although that has happened normally as well. People have changed in their headspace, how they think about life, um, how they think about their employment, how they think about the flexibility they want, how they think about connections with others. I mean, a lot has changed. That's really important. And we have found that in our own journey. So now to answer your question, You know, one of the things that remote work did for us is introduce the idea that so much was possible remote. We had been a very Redmond-centric culture, as I indicated, and we got the sense of like, wow, there's a lot that's possible across different geographies and different time zones if we really embrace this. So as we start to come together, you know, I'll call it a couple of months ago to really look at how we're going to go hybrid. It was a multidisciplinary approach across our IT team, HR, across what we call RE and S. So that's essentially a real estate facilities group. Um, across the product groups here, the folks who are working on the products. And we put together a multidisciplinary team that was meant to shape, you know, what we were going to do as we all got back into the office. And we're still working on that right now, but we've got a pretty good idea of how those things will come together. And I know based on your learning, some of the research you put out, one of the things you put out is uh, your hybrid workplace flexibility guide, which I really love. It's really cool that you published this for anyone to download and learn from what y'all experienced, but also help organizations set a strategy in place. I mean, we're, we're in that boat right now thinking about what are hybrid 
uh, model would look like moving forward. Uh, what inspired your team or the company to put that together? What are some of the key points that employers can take from this resource? Well, I tried to get out there to not only do quantitative research, all those surveys that we talked about, but I also was trying really hard throughout the pandemic to meet with customers often. You know, you could call it qualitative research, but it was just us meeting with customers across the continents to understand what was going on. Um, Over the course of, I call it the last six months, the most frequently asked question that I got was just simply, what's Microsoft doing? And that started to become a bit of a pattern for me. It wasn't that people were going to mimic what we did. They wanted to know, however, as kind of a touch point, as a little bit of a yardstick to understand, well, how's Microsoft going to approach this and why would I be saying we're different? And that has been useful. So I got in a bunch of meetings where I just start to repeat, well, we think of it this way, we think of it this way. And, and finally, we decided, you know, we should be a little bit more scaled in our approach. Why don't we take some of the work that we're doing and essentially publish it out to the world? The basic framing that we think about is this idea of a new operating model. So that's kind of almost like the umbrella. And then underneath that, what we've tried to do here at Microsoft is to think across three domains, people, places, and processes. And what we did then is we just, within the the guide itself, we just tried to publish out, you know, what are the key things that we had to consider and what decisions did we make? So in that people area, we talked about the policies meant to to support hybrid work. And there's where we entered, for instance, this idea of a 50% policy. So just as new corporate policy, we said across the world. 50% 50% of your time could be spent remote or in a hybrid state, not on, on site at the office. And then the other 50%, we actually want you back. But that's just one small example of a policy that the guide itself goes through, you know, a whole bunch of decisions and, and hopefully will be really useful for our customers. Absolutely. And, and uh, as, as a part of that, I had a conversation with Jeff Tieper, one of the episodes here at Shift Happens, and he was even describing that throughout this experience and your learnings, out came Microsoft Viva. Right. And it's it's one of those opportunities that you saw. And we'll talk more about the technology piece, but having a technology like Viva with that would provide a better employee experience through a platform like that can certainly help enable and facilitate this new model of work. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you can be start on Viva, I'll never stop. But if I just do the intro for a second and pick up from my buddy Jeff. You know, one of the things that we found was that teams, we love teams, obviously, we're very biased, but we think it is very unique in the world and that it brings together this multifaceted uh, value prop where you can meet, chat, call, collaborate, even do the automation and business processes. But we found that teams itself was not enough during this time. And, and that's where the remote work period has been really useful for us. The not enough part came from this idea that teams is really transactionally oriented. You are with a team trying to get something done. You are you know, trying to ship a deliverable. You are creating a report. Even in those Teams channels that have some persistence, it still as a tool is pretty oriented towards let's get the work done, which we think is fantastic. Sitting on top of Teams, however, we recognized that we needed a, a persistent layer that was about employee experience. We thought of it this way. Back in the day when the office was the center point, when it was really the focal point of how you worked and where you went to work. You spent literally millions of dollars making sure that office reflected who you were as an organization, the culture. You wanted everything, you know, even the smallest details to say, we are this. Uh, We recognize that all of a sudden in the new digital workspace, we didn't really have that. You know, Teams doesn't allow for that type of kind of social cohesion. It doesn't create that environment. It doesn't scream out, you know, this is who we are as a company culturally and who we want to be, what we aspire to be. And so Vivo was born out of that idea. How could we create an employee experience platform that would live in teams, be surfaced in teams where people get their work done, but have more persistence, more context, more human connection to it, 
that was meant to build relationships that would then facilitate getting things done while teams kind of took care of the transactions and the work itself. So I really like the, the complementary nature of those two things. I think it's, again, pretty unique in the marketplace. We've had a lot of interest from customers as they try and sort out their digital employee experience strategy. What I love about Viva, too, is in addition to relationships and how one can interact with colleagues in the organization, is there's also value in oneself where things like uh, professional development through learning or just being able to take care of your well-being through the um, partnership with Headspace, for example, or the surfacing of my analytics. I think now that gives you a full 360 view of truly what, what we see as employee experience. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, I take one simple example. Back in the day when everybody was in the office, if you want to know if they're working home or working hard, you'd walk in at about 4.30, 5 o'clock and see, hey, how's it going? Are people staying? You don't have that luxury anymore. But with things like workplace analytics now become uh, this Viva Insights module, you do start to be able to use an aggregate form, the, the signals that you're getting to understand how are employees doing, you know, what can I do to, to address their well-being? How can I imp- improve overall performance of the organization by getting some of those signals and aggregating them in a useful way? Hello, Shift Happens podcast listeners. I have an exciting offer for you. Join us for our in-person Shift Happens conference, October 10 to 11 in Washington, D.C. Registration is free. That's right, it's free and you walk away with actionable strategies from industry leaders and peers to make Shift happen in your digital workplace. Visit shifthappens.to to register today. We'll see you there. So, so with this new model, coupled with technologies like Microsoft 365, Viva, where do you see the biggest opportunities are for employers who really want to support their organization using uh, these assets that they have, certainly as what Microsoft offers as well. What kinds of financial, emotional, or, or logistical benefits do you think we're going to see on a wider scale if implemented correctly? Well, if we look at the way things are working right now, I think just the idea of am I going to be more flexible is an interesting one. There, you know, the debate rages on in the pages of the Financial Times and Wall Street Journal right now, which I think is really interesting. You've got managers saying, I don't need that hybrid stuff. But that's largely because we feel that what's happening here is that there is starting to be kind of a set of signals that are differentiating between those that are forward-looking and those that are really of the old guard when it comes to management. But that's simply because the data indicates that people will start to shift companies. You know, we have data from that Work Trends Index, the most recent one that said uh, that 41% of, of employees plan actually on leaving their current company within the next 12 months. And when we look at that, a big component of that is if the company doesn't offer flexible enough working plans, they're kind of like, hey, I'm going to find something else. Now, in a down job market where it's hard to find a job, that is, you know, that's one thing. Today, the job market is very hot, and I think employees feel like they have many options. So now, if you look at that, we do think there's a lot of upside for employers and employees. For employers, greater access to talent than we've ever had before. You, you certainly can tap into talent from all over the world and integrate them right into the way you get things done. And it doesn't require a move that would be disruptive for the family. It doesn't require something that is a really big decision for it. And if you can stay in the same house in the same, same community, but move to something that uses your talents and skills better, boy, that, that's a real opportunity. Second big thing, we think, we also believe that there's an opportunity for employers to help their employees with their well-being. 
uh, one of the things that was really difficult in the survey data just to even see was how people felt overwhelmed by the new way of working because it was kind of a shapeless workday. It was almost like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't commute in. I don't commute out. I'm not sure if I should take a, a lunch break. I need my boss to know that I'm working. But the data now is starting to show us that people are getting a handle on that. They know how to do that. And so they're starting to take responsibility for their own well-being the way that we didn't see them do previously. So it's almost like an equilibrium that we're starting to get to. And, and we do believe that companies can have and should play a role in helping employees to find and maintain that balance. So a lot of, a lot of upside for the employers, they kind of play those roles to access talent. For the employee, we believe that the increased flexibility is just, you know, it's gold if you work it right. In fact, if you look across coverage over the last little bit, you see that employees are starting to say, well, I just think of it as part of my benefits package. I'd even be willing to take an X percent salary cut, or I think of it as worth X percent of salary to be able to work. I, you know, anecdotally, I hear people say things like, I eat breakfast with my kids. I've never been able to do that in my, you know, 20-year career, 15, 20-year career. And that means something to people. They recognize, maybe not every day, but boy, I'll tell you, a couple of days a week to have that type of flexibility would be like gold to them. So there's just so much. We think if it's done right, there's upside for both the employers and, and the employees themselves. I mean, Jared, we talked about this earlier, right? Before all this, I'm on the road <laughs> half of the time in the last year. I'm having meals with my family. We would take walks during the day. And looking back, that was really good. It, it's time I've never spent with my family. Moving forward, sure, I may not have that exact same amount of time, but I would want to keep some of those <laughs> as we move forward this new world of work. Yeah, that's right. Well, you can imagine that, um, you know, I, I certainly hear a lot of big bosses talking big talk where they're like, all right, you got to come back. We've seen a little bit of the act, that, that uh, backlash with Apple just over the course of the last 10 days. That's been an interesting one. I see it in the financial services sector. And you can imagine for a talented person like yourself that if, if your company was like, no, nah, you know what, we want you back in the office and it's going to be like this, or we want you back on the road and it's going to look like this. I mean, goodness, like you're talented. You could just say, all right, I think I'll find someplace else. And the data actually says that that's where employees are coming from right now. So it's a combination of a mindset change with a, essentially a labor market change that has happened. And I just think that understanding that concept, that that's what's happening right at this moment, if managers could get that in their minds, I think you know they'll be in a good headspace to actually take advantage of the moment as opposed to get run over by it. So do you think this perspective, or at least this view of what the future would look like, is only applicable to uh, developed countries like North America or some in Europe, or long-term, it applies to pretty much everywhere around the world? I think it applies broadly, but I will say that I think we're in the Model T stages of the, of the whole model. So I wouldn't claim to be like, hey, hybrid, we've got work, worked out, you know, Microsoft got the formula, please read our playbook, it'll be fine, implement, you know, steps <laughs> A through Z, and it'll be great. We don't think so. Uh, there's a lot to work out, but we do think it's a global phenomenon. And, and that brings me to a point that I think is important to recognize at this moment. We're really experiencing a, a demand shock, like we haven't had on this planet since 1945, the end of World War II. That is a really important thing to understand. And it's, it's a worldwide thing. As consumers have saved their money and been locked down across the world, um, all of a sudden, as they come back, they're roaring back. They have demand. It's very clear. And, and so what that means is it's rippling through economies. It ripples through you know, the advanced economies that are starting back up because the vaccines are there. So we see that in Western Europe and the United States. 
but that puts positive pressure in many ways downstream on the supply chain. I think, you know, kind of that traffic jam in, in supply chain that we've been feeling for the last six to nine months, I think that's going to persist for a while. But that ripples right now to the producing countries that have become the factories of the world. So economically, if we look at the macroeconomic conditions right now, again, I, they set the frame for what's going on. And that's so important. I, I think if you're a leader, you've got to wrap your head around all those elements. Boy, Jared, this has been a really awesome conversation. But before you wrap up, right, speaking to a lot of leaders here that are listening and thinking about their strategy, what, what's some practical advice you have for everyone as they think about this new model, as they think about their workforce, especially in the next couple of months, as they start putting their strategies together? What are, the, what are some of the first few steps uh, do you recommend um, leaders uh, would do to really prepare themselves for this new model work? Well, I've got some simple ones. They'll be so simple that your audience may think, really? Like those are, but, I, but I would encourage you to, to think about them. You know, one of the key things you need, I believe, is a shared understanding of where you think you're headed with this hybrid world of work. What I mean by that is don't start with policy first. Apple made this mistake. They said, let us come out with a, with a policy for you. And the employees wrote them back. You know, if you go look at what has happened, wrote them back and said, I don't think you get it. So rather than start with policy, actually start with a shared vision of this is where we're headed. This is what Microsoft, I think, through its leadership team has done in a pretty interesting way. We didn't start with policy. Instead, we said, we believe that remote work and the flexibility associated with it is valuable and we've learned something. We'd like to keep that. We also believe that being together physically is very valuable. And the survey, we had survey data that indicated we wanted that. Let's merge that together and let's use a policy to indicate where we think we're going. So first, I just think this idea of vision first, policy second is the way to go. Second tip, you have to come into this with a growth mindset. Nobody knows what they're doing. I've got all sorts of papers I can show you. I'm spouting off all sorts of good things from people I'm talking to. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I think you need to be very humble and come into this and say, all right, we're going to, we have a vision of where we want to go. Let's learn together and be willing to be very flexible. So that's the second thing. Third, I do think you have to invest in infrastructure. The way to invest in, in infrastructure right now is to be really practical about places you can save money. So we would look at square footage. We would look at travel budgets. Travel budgets are the most fungible right at this moment. You'll go back to traveling ducks, I'm sure of it, but maybe you'll travel half the amount of time you did previously. And we would encourage companies to take that travel budget savings and to plow it right back into technology. It will pay dividends, we think, for many years to come. That would be the third big one. And then the, the fourth and final one we would say is that leaders need to get out there and model. You know, I would just say, if you say hybrid, but you're always in the office, look, your people are not dumb. They're going to pick up on that and be like, right, hybrid. I'll be right. Hybrid. Exactly. You've got to do some of this work. And you have to also model what it looks like, you know, to have in this shapeless work day, this kind of new way of working, you have to model what it looks like to take care of yourself and to be very balanced. So there's some practical things. There are a lot more in, in the content that we reference, but those things I think will get you started. And definitely, uh, friends, for listening, we'll, we'll put all the links in our uh, show notes and uh, as a part of this episode as well. Well, Jared, thank you so much uh, taking the time out of your busy day, sharing your wisdom with a lot of our listeners. And for those that who want to learn more or get to uh, keep up with all the work you do, where's the best place that they can uh, uh, find all these things? You know, there are two places I'd point you to. Number one is Microsoft.com slash hybrid work. That's where we're publishing all of the hybrid work material we're talking about. And then the second one, if you just go out and search for work lab, Microsoft.com slash work lab, one word, that's where we're publishing all of our research. So all the research work that we're doing is going up there. And I'm going to give you a good sense for kind of how we're thinking, what we're learning right now. Awesome. Well, Jared, 
thanks again for joining us and to all the listeners. Thank you for tuning to this episode of Shift Happens. Until the next one, have a good day and take care. Shift Happens Podcast. Thanks for listening. Whether you're tuning in from your home office or a corporate office park, there's no question many of you will be splitting your time in the months ahead. For many leaders, offering this kind of flexibility will become a permanent way to recruit and retain talent. But a hybrid plan is only as good as its supporting tools. Microsoft technologies such as Teams and Viva can support a wide range of collaboration needs and analytics to ensure a high-quality employee experience. And as Jared said, hybrid work isn't just about safety. Having a happy, engaged staff is key to business continuity. It's important that we continue learning and evolving together. If you like today's episode, please leave a review for the Shift Happens podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen. We'll see you next time. Shift Happens Podcast is a production of AppPoint, Inc., produced and edited by the AppPoint brand team. Stay up to date on the latest trends in digital workplace transformation by visiting AppPoint.com.